Welcome to Force Lore Comics, your weekly update to the Star Wars universe as depicted in the Marvel comic books. Join your hosts Jim and Tim as they recap the releases of the previous week. For more in-depth talks about Star Wars, Jim and Tim can also be found on Our Certain Point of View, a Star Wars and Mandalorian podcast. Force Lore Comics and Our Certain Point of View are fan-based podcasts and have no affiliations with Disney, Lucasfilm, Marvel, or any of their subsidiaries. All right, hello everybody, and welcome to Force Lore Comics from our certain point of view. I'm Tim. I am Jim. Yeah, he is. And yeah, uh, we have I a am. really uh, kind of fun episode here today because it's the last one where we have to play catch up. Um, catch up. Yeah. So we're. Uh, our, and it's our, also about one of the greatest characters in Star Wars history. And it is uh, in a very. Maybe the greatest character. Good way. In fact. Um, I would argue that this is about two of the greatest characters in Star Wars history, um, and they're both mm. the same person, Good. and what we do here is, is great. So anyway, uh, Darth Vader issue number 11 was released last week, so that's what we're here to talk about specifically, uh, but we haven't talked about the Darth Vader books yet, because since we started Force Lord Comics... pronounced specifically. Oh, yeah, yes. <laughs> Um, Sorry, I'm just kidding. Obviously, um, specifically is the p- right word. Physically, we're here to talk about what uh, Darth Vader number eleven, and we're actually going to recap um, briefly the two story arcs that have happened so far in the Darth Vader series since February of 2000, uh, 2020, 2020. Yeah, two thousand twenty is right, but I was going to say two thousand ten for some reason. Um, A space odyssey. Yeah, so twenty twenty is when this started. Uh, actually, February fifth was when the first one was released, and. Uh, we're going to briefly recap each of the story arcs. There have been two story arcs so far, uh, one called Dark Heart of the Sith and one called Into the Fire. And Into the Fire actually ended with the issue that we're specifically covering today. There it is again. Um, issue number 11. And I know that it ends because I know what's coming next. Anywho, uh, so that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to give brief recaps to get you kind of caught up. Um, we do, of course, have review and analysis. If you uh, regularly listen to our certain point of view, our job there is not necessarily to recap shows for you. But here, uh, we do like to do a little bit of recap to make sure that people who don't read the comic books kind of know what's going on in the comic book world. Um, that's true. So that's uh, that's kind of where we're at. I didn't read the comic books for years, and I would hear Star Wars people be like, well, this is canon because of this. And I'm like, well, where are you getting that from? And it's the comics. I'm like... Ooh. Yeah. But we have noticed that the comics, even though they're canon, we saw some conflict between the comics and uh, Bad Batch, uh, you know, which premiered what, two, two days ago. Two days we're ago. recording yeah. on a Thursday. Weird, weird scheduling. Um, there's some conflict there. So which yeah. one's more canon? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of waiting for the... Uh, I'm sure that's going to come up, and I'm waiting for the response. I actually haven't seen anything about that anywhere else, but from uh, from us. I, on our certain on, point I, of view, so. I heard it on our certain point of view. Someone was talking about it. That's right. Um, which brings me to my only piece of news uh, that I want to talk about. If you are a, a Force Lore Comics subscriber but haven't been listening to the standard Our Certain Point of View uh, podcast, what we'll be doing over the next, uh, well, 15 weeks Millennium. is reviewing uh, – and analyzing Bad Batch episodes. Yes. Um, so the first one of those is already yes. out. Um, as yes. I posted to our Twitter account, which is so at Our Certain View, uh, you can find us on Twitter. The yes. the first episode that we did was a little bit longer. Uh, one, we did it for a seventy minute episode, which 
actually, the way we tend to go, keeping it under, uh, we ended up at an hour and 55 minutes. So keeping it under two hours for a 70-minute episode, oh, wow. yeah, we I, actually I did, <laughs> yeah, we, we did pretty good, um, yeah. I think. Um, and we got a little bit into the, uh, yeah, yeah, he does a lot the whole, the whole time. Um, but it was, it was definitely, definitely good and a fun episode. Next one of those will be out Friday. So we'll talk about that later on. Um, so that's kind of where we're at. Uh, we're going to get started talking about story arc number one here in just a second. But first we're going to have a message from our sponsor. Hey, everybody. I get this question a lot, so I'm going to go ahead and answer it right now. Uh, what is Sci-Fi Super Show? Well, science, it's science fiction, superheroes, some fantasy stuff. Basically, contents from movies, TV, books, comic books. If you have a topic or an idea you think we should cover in the podcast or you see something cool online you want to share with some like-minded friends, then uh, come on down to Sci-Fi Super Show on Facebook. Check us out. And we're here to talk about... Uh well, that was that was the sci-fi super show, so definitely something worth checking sci-fi out. Show. Yeah, and uh, we're gonna start talking about story arc number one. So, which one was story arc number one? What was our title here, Jim? Uh, Darth Vader. Darth Vader. Yeah, I, Dark Heart of the Sith. Okay, I'm looking. I'm believe it or not, I am looking at it. You're right, Dark Heart of the Sith, part <laughs> one. Uh, but it, it says Star Wars Darth Vader on the title page, so that's what I'm looking at. Yeah, it, but yeah, this is the story arc known as Dark Heart of the Sith. And yeah, you wrote it in the show notes. I'm just stupid. Um, <laughs> so I didn't see titles for these particular books. Um, yeah. They were called Parts 1 through 5, uh, which I, I thought was interesting. And these books were released um, February 5th of last year, like I said. And we know that mid-March, um, everything everywhere kind of shut down. And comic book production shut down for a little while. Um, yeah. So the release dates of these books were February 5th and March 11th. So I think this was actually the last Star Wars book released. Oh, no, they had some still coming um, if your comic book store was, was still getting them for just a little bit after because um, they'd already printed some of the others. But March 11th was part two. And then we had a break until July 29th um, for yeah. this book. And then August 12th, September 16th. Continue. The the date everything came down and where we live was March thirteenth. That was the date that the, the government started saying, "Okay, we're going to shut down businesses and restaurants." And yeah, that was a Friday. So, yeah, this March eleventh was right before. The, yep. So it was it was wacky. Um, yeah. The the uh, people in charge of making this book were the same all the way through these uh, these five parts. So our writer was you talking Greg, about Greg Pack. Yeah, that's the guy. Um, Mike and Greg Pack. So the rest far. of them. Oh, okay. I, I will. I will do my best. Um, I think this is Raphael um, Ienko or Ienko. It's an I, um, but I'm going to pronounce it. We're trying to do the best we can. And good, and I well, I, and I'll tell you what. Like, I want to try to pronounce everybody's name correctly, but I don't feel that bad because the alternative is not saying their names. And I really want to, you know, talk about these people I'm who gave us a great book. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the Better colorist, to give them credit and apologize if we mispronounce it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they'll hear us and tell us how to pronounce their name. People awesome. mispronounce my last name all the time, so it's okay. I get yeah. it. Hey, Raphael Ianco and uh, Niraj Menon, if either of you uh, hear this and I said something wrong, or if I said something right and you want to come on the show and talk to us about it, we'd be more than happy. Hey, Greg Pack, if if your name is pronounced differently, well, I can't what about imagine the that's cover different. art. I don't know how to um, say that name. 
Yeah, the cover art, um, and I'm going to spell it first, is I-N-H-Y-U-K, which I would say in Hyuk, but I don't know if that's, you know. We have the H capitalized, so I didn't know if there's some sort of emphasis there. Well, there there is. I think it's like a a McCormick type of thing, um, the way it was written. Okay. Like, I think it's the N, it's the lowercase N that's actually relevant. Um, I'll I'll say this, despite our inability to say their names, they're fantastic uh, at what they do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to say they're fantastic at art, but they do all, not just art, they do, you know, the colorist and the writer too. They're, they're amazing at what they do. Yeah. So uh, first I'm just going to give a brief kind of uh, like very short recap of what's going on and then we can talk about these a little bit before we, before we push too much further. Um, overall here, we're talking about the events that happened right after uh, Empire Strikes Back. So yep. Luke has just jumped and Vader... Um, has essentially failed in bringing Luke in. And yep. Vader decides on his own to seek vengeance against all who hid Luke from him for those years. Yeah. Um, he, he finds out it's the son of Skywalker. Some we, is, is there a story arc somewhere that explains when he finds that out? Because yeah. he clearly knows it by the time of Bespin. Boba Fett um, helps him find out who it is. This happens... Um, uh, this the is actually th- No, it's in the... Or, it's in the first set of Darth Vader comics that started in 2015. I need to go back and read those. Yeah, because um, those are really yeah. good. Um, so yeah, he finds out there, but here he tells, this is right after he tells Luke, um, so he's mad at, at the galaxy now. Um, we get to travel some really cool places. Uh, Vader travels to Tatooine, Coruscant, Vendaxa, Naboo, Polis Massa, and back to Coruscant again. Um, throughout these five issues. So some places yep. that we, we know and love. Um, he travels with a droid called Z67. And we, and we run into some old, uh, old. I don't know if we want to say friends, but people we know from the prequels. That's exactly what I have next. Uh, Sabe, Typho, and Tanra. So um, basically all of these things are happening against the, Emperor, against the Emperor's wishes. Um, oh. Or more importantly... We find out they're happening against Darth Sidious's wishes, and there, yeah, there's a reason for that distinction. Um, well, just to kind of to refresh people's memories, because I had to sit there and think about timelines. Because let's face it, the Star Wars story arc has gotten huge, even just the Skywalker saga. Yeah, it has. Um, so yeah, he remember at the beginning or middle of Empire Strikes Back. Um, Palpatine tells Vader, you know, the son of Skywalker must not be allowed to become a Jedi. And Darth Vader makes his little pledge, he will join us or die, and we see on Bespin he fails. So that's where we pick up. What's Vader going to do? It's not exactly like you want to go back to the Emperor and say, yeah, I failed. And instead, he just goes off on a quest. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, eh, I'm going to hurt everybody who, who helped raise Luke. Yep. He's you know? just, he's just um, angry. Or so we think. It's actually really interesting because... It um, is right at the. Uh, well, we'll get to it because. Well, we don't. You know what this point. is, man. This is, this is PTSD, is what you're seeing. Yeah. Um, and I love that. This is psychological damage and trauma. So this is an aspect of the Sith that always kind of fascinates me, like because anger is well, love too, for that matter. But even anger, more so, it feeds on your energy, and it exhausts you. You yep. can only stay angry for so long before – I know the Star Wars thing is, you know, suffering leads to anger and, and so on. Um, well, no, it's anger leads to suffering, right? Yep. That's true because you can only maintain anger for so long before you just fall suffering. into depression. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Yeah. yeah. Um, anger is not something you can maintain. 
Uh, hate you can, but not actively, because it basically is just a, a more permanent form of anger. Um, these are exhausting things. So yeah. I love that they're showing him wrestle <clears throat> with being dark. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's, yeah, because it would have to exhaust you. And he sees his son, cuts off his hand. And, of course, the symbolism of that was always huge in Star Wars, that you know Luke would look at his robotic hand from time to time, and you're meant to think about him as he transitioning into his father. Um, sorry, but yeah, just I love that this this is basically PTSD that we see because he keeps having flashbacks of seeing Luke, you know, getting his hand cut off and, and making his choice to jump at in Bespin and things like that. That that symbolism we'll definitely cover in just a second too. Yeah, um, yeah, and because this is exactly what happens. And he actually, the Emperor actually says it. I'm gonna I'm gonna read. Honestly, it's the very end of all five of these. Um, I'm gonna read this out because because we find out where it ends up to lead us into the next one. But it it yeah. fits our conversation right here. So. I apologize. I know we're recapping, but I am going to jump ahead. Um, so the emperor says to him, the Sith know that fear leads to anger and anger to hate and hate to strength. But you, my friend, have just wallowed in grief. Um, yeah. And so he says, now we need to start all over again with fear. So, you know, it's it wasn't yeah. his he, – he treated it like he was driving by his vengeance and his anger. But, but really when he ended up out there, he was grieving. He was grieving the loss of – um, Padme still, and he was worried about Luke and and all of these other yeah other kind he was of things. Real conflicted, um, just as Luke points out later on in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Now I will say this: um, there was some very, 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 very weak dialogue throughout these first five. Um, yeah. But they were all in flashbacks, and they were not written by Greg Pak. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Good point. Yeah, so, there's a yeah, there's a lot of prequel references. Yeah, they they actually brought back a lot of the uh, as he was traveling through, um, he would flash back to some of the conversations where he was you know expressing his love for Padme. Um, Anakin was that's why I said this was a a book about two of our favorite characters because it really it does a good job of blending Anakin and Vader and us seeing that that difference because you don't really well, I, get that between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. I don't differentiate Anakin and Vader because, to me, that's what makes this such a tasty tragedy. Well, and that that's, I genuinely like Anakin. Well, and, that's, and, and I'm going to say this because of the Clone Wars. Yeah, that's exactly um, what I'm he, talking about. I like him in Revenge of the Sith, but the rest of the prequels, eh, whatever, give or take. Um, but in Clone Wars and in Revenge of the Sith, I love Anakin. Right, um, and that's what makes the that's what makes the difference. But yeah. but that Anakin, we see him kind of going dark. But but him becoming who he is oh, he, yeah, in he's, A he's New evil. Hope and in Empire Strikes Back, this this series right here really does a good job of helping bridge that. Yeah. Um, to kind of see that it is the same person still in there, but he's bad now. Where the other so one is, is kind of like... So is there sort of conclusion? Oh, sorry, go on. Um, I mean, it's just that it shows that they're, that he's that he is the same person that went bad. Like, you could almost go, um, well, Anakin actually died, and they put someone else in the suit, and someone else, you know, somebody could just believe that. Yeah. Um, and it is wild that his entire quest here is to find who killed Padme. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you, you kind of did, and there's a story that says the Emperor pulled Padme's life force out of her in order to save Vader. That was a... That was a... It's a it wasn't really a theory, force right? vision. No, it, it, was in a, it was in a book. But Ooh, it was when, so is that canon? No, 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 no. It was in a comic book when Vader was having, um, Vader was being 
sort of tortured by the dark side. It was when he, I think it was when he was turning his kyber crystal red. Um, I, I want that. I want that to be canon so bad that when Vader's being put back together, Palpatine is using the Force to pull Padme's life yeah. force so into, right, into Anakin's body. Yeah, right now it's not canon, I, it's, I but it. they showed it. They're like, it's possible, but we don't know so it who, yet still. Who killed, plus, it doesn't make sense that she would just simply die of grief. Um, right. But, I mean, it, yes, it is medically possible. Yeah, it has know, happened, yeah, we but don't need to get for a healthy young woman, probably not likely. Um that having been said, that's his quest, is to find two killed Padme. And the truth is, it's it's complicated. Yeah. <laughs> um, All right. Um, so what's our takeaway here? Bottom line is, I guess it ends, this whole story arc ends with the Emperor saying, yeah, you know, you're weak now. Like you just said, you wallowed in your grief, and you failed. You didn't bring me your son or turn him um, or kill him. Um, time to Time to... Now it's time for some training. Are we getting the story arc too? Are we ready for that? We're just about ready for that. Uh, before that, we're going to hear from our good friend Gordon over at I love Gordon. The Riff. Yay! Hey, this is Gordon from the Riff Radio Show Podcast, a radio show dedicated to the music of Generation X. We release a new show every Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and we play music from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and we take your requests. And unlike the old days when you had to wait forever to get your request on your favorite radio show, I always put your requests on our Saturday morning all-request episode. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes of any episode and request a song. The Riff is only available on Spotify, so head on over today and subscribe. The Riff, only on Spotify. So yeah, that was uh, that was Gordon over at The Riff, and uh, well, if you think Gordon's voice is alright, but you'd like to hear from some other people that you're used to hearing from, uh, I think I know somebody else who's been spending a little bit of time over there with Gordon at The Riff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for mentioning that. Every Tuesday uh, now, it's well, we've done it twice, but it's a regular feature now. Um, we have what's called Jim's Corner at the Riff, where I do a history of some aspect of music. Um, so, yeah, I'd appreciate anyone checking that out. I enjoy doing it. I uh, I am a historian by training, so uh, anytime I get to talk about history, well, I loves it. And speaking of appreciation, while we're on a little break, if you uh, like what you're hearing here, please head over to uh, our certain point of view, wherever you're listening to this, and... Give us a five-star review or a like or a thumbs up or a, I, I don't know. Go find us on Twitter or Facebook and just say hi and we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to get some feedback on uh, everything. Uh, so we're getting into story arc number two. Um, story arc number two is called Into the Fire yeah, and it is. is six issues. It's issues six through 11. Um, the writer, artist, colorist for all six of these issues, Greg Pak, Raphael Ianco, and Niraj Menon are all the same. Um, our, our cover art for number six was still Inhyuk Lee, and then Daniel Acuna uh, for issue number seven. Well. And then for the remaining issues, it was two people, uh, Aaron Cooter and Richard Eisenhow, uh together doing all those. So that's what we had. Um, one of the things that I found interesting here was just like last year, there was a, a pretty significant break in the Vader comics. We've kind of talked about that. That's why we haven't covered them yet. Um, so these were released October, November, December, January, February, leading up to now, and then April 28th last week. Yeah. Did I say today's uh, May, the, May the 6th? I might not have. I mentioned that it was uh, Thursday, but nope, I don't okay. think we did. Yeah, because we just had Star Wars Day. and Oh, we talked about Bad Batch coming out, so I guess it's all 
Anywho, people can figure it out. All right, um, my super brief recap, just to get us started on what's going on here. The Emperor is punishing Vader for losing focus and for sacrificing his power that he's gained from fear, which was gained from pain, right? Like all of that stuff we talked about. Um, it's really, really cool here, and one of the pieces that's a little specific in my general recap is the Emperor literally rips Vader apart yeah, um, he does. and sends him back to Mustafar and then sends a Sith assassin after him who we've seen before, and tells Vader that he must survive without using the Force. Um, yeah. This eventually leads Vader to issue number 11, going to Exegol, and we'll talk a little bit about how he gets there. And then we're going to talk all about the Exegol issue, which is issue 11, um, specifically after we talk about the others for just a minute. So, Oddly enough, I love that Masamita is in this. And why I say that's odd is Masamita, is, if you don't recall, he's the blue guy in um, in the prequels who's always standing beside Palpatine when he was a chancellor and when he was a senator. Yeah, he's the puppet. So he has, like, horns. He's, he's a really crazy-looking guy. And um, one of the book Plagueis actually talks about Masamita. Now, Plagueis isn't canon, but the book Plagueis talks about uh, Masamita's in on all of this. He's one of the few people that, um, that Palpatine basically has shared, hey, I'm, I'm a bad guy, and I'm going to rise to power and take over. And so I, I like that they bring him back, and he's still around after Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. I don't know. I just like that. Yeah. No, I, I liked that a lot. Um, there was a lot of stuff in this that was kind of designed to um, fix some subplots that we had in the sequels. Um, and we'll get into that a little bit later on. But one of them, uh, we meet Ochi. Remember Ochi? I was going to ask you. No, I don't. Where is Ochi from? Ochi is the um, Ochi is the owner of the ship. Ochi's the one who killed uh, Ray's parents. He was the owner of that ship in ah. um, that they found Rise, when when Ray thought she Rise killed Chewie. All of that, yeah. Um, yeah, he was the body that they found underground. Oh, with the so the thing. what's the little droid's name? Dio. Dio. Yeah. Dio was Ochi's droid? Dio was they either... They find him on that ship. Dio was either Ochi's droid or he was her parents' droid. Interesting. Um, All right. Well, so, cool. So I was, I'm like, I know this name, but I couldn't remember... Okay. So yep. they call him a Sith assassin? Yeah. I don't know what that means. We've heard that before. Does though. he have force ability? He has. Because Asajj Ventress was described as a Sith, a Sith assassin. Right. And, but she's clearly like a Sith. Uh, you know, she she actually is more like a Sith apprentice than she is just like like the Inquisitors are. So um, yes, even the Inquisitors so. seem much more powerful than Ochi does. Well, so Ochi did a is lot he of just stuff an assassin? Book. I, I, no, I don't think so. I think he's got some force abilities. Um, in fact, he, I think not much. The only thing I remember him doing was jumping in an impressive way. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I didn't. I didn't like the character of Ochi. Let's just put it that way. I, I mean, thought he came across as very weak, and very well drawn. I like the design of the character a lot. Yeah, yeah he's cool. Uh, but he very quickly goes from being like, "I'm so tough, I'm your doom," to being like, "Oh no, this is scary. Don't do that. That's scary. Oh no." And I was like, I, "He did. He I did think act that this like type that. of guy, um, once defeated, would just clam up." Now I know they need dialogue so that the audience can know what's going on. But it, it took away from his character. Well, and some of the difference is this. Once he started to recognize Vader's power, like truly recognize Vader's power, if he is any... So he's not he's not anywhere near the level of Vader. 
Um, I mean, most Force users aren't, but but uh, even like like all of the Jedi, you could argue, he's not are even like an Inquisitor. Clever. So what I mean there is when. Well, and think about that. Think about if one of the Inquisitors had been sent to kill Vader, and then Vader started to display, this isn't going to work out well for you, and we're going to go do this other stuff. You know, they would back off too. Um, they would. In You're very right. much a, a similar way. So Except for maybe the Grand Inquisitor, but that guy was crazy. Right. Well, But even him, he's like, he's like, something's coming for you, something far worse. Like, he knows Vader's power. He knows the true Sith power. It's true. Um, and that's what it's makes some of that difference. Rebels. Yeah. So... That's that's kind of the big difference there, um, we, but anyway, probably, and you're probably going here. So sorry if I'm stepping on your toes on this, but uh, we should probably point out that after the uh, emperor basically dismantles uh, Vader, um, the, it leaves him on Mustafar, the exact same position he was in when Obi Wan left him, yeah. and he said, "But last time I came and saved you. Now you got to save yourself." He reassembles himself with the parts of droids that he had destroyed when. He had gone there in Revenge of the Sith. I thought that was cool. I thought that the body of um, of uh, the Trade Federation guy, the bank, yeah. uh, the body was still there. That that was really cool. That was so creepy. But bottom line is, Vader has put himself back together with like used old droid parts. It was it was really really cool the way he did that. I liked that. Yeah, I liked that a lot. Um, and yep. he he did it by by breaking into a mouse droid at first. And programming yep. it to help him to bring him the parts, yeah, yeah. So that was that was really cool. Um, and that was it. Was also this is something you've brought up a few times, and I I don't know where you get this from. I've, I've always uh, meant to ask where do you see this? Um, his armor, which is extraordinarily effective in like ninety nine percent of the time, but it really does seem to be very vulnerable to the emperor. And you brought up that that was by design. Um, the Vader's armor like help protects him against you know all kinds of like energy, but not force lightning. Yeah, I think that that comes up. It definitely comes up in Legends, um, for sure. And I well, think it seemed that it, to be suggested here. I think that it comes up in the um, in the original Vader books, but I don't remember for sure. Um, I say books, I mean comic books, of course. Um, I think it comes up in those as well. Are those canon? The the Vader comic books from 2015 on are, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is why it's good to have Tim around. Yeah. I am good to this have This is around. the only reason. I no. like when I'm here. Um, so, <laughs> so there's definitely some stuff. Um, all right. So bottom line is here on Mustafar, for whatever reason, he hears something calling to him, um, goes in. weird. It was weird, and then he he finds some creature. I don't I don't even I don't even want to talk about. It. He finds some creature supposed to be pretty yeah. powerful, and basically convinces it to give him, um, to give A him Sith the Pathfinder. Yeah. Um. So oh, he has wow. that, and he goes to Ochi, and he's like, "Show me how to use this." And he's like, "Well, I'll type in the coordinates for you." And then I, that was a weird interaction between the two of them. And he's like, yeah. "No, I mean it. Really, show me." And he's like, "Oh, you just plug it in." I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> like. That was actually well, I said. think at first Ochi had programmed in a trap. So Darth Vader's like, all right, you're going too. And that's like, no, 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 let me change this. Yeah. So I, I think I, he did catch him in, in a trap. Okay, yeah, so something like that. But it was just, it was funny. So they go off, um, and this is where it starts to get kind of cool. Um, because it starts to get cool. It's been cool the whole time. But 
uh, they run into a giant monster right outside of the, uh, what do they call the storm, the red storm, whatever it was. Um, they run I into this giant monster. It's very H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah. They, they said it was the largest uh, predator in existence it's in the, the known galaxy a, or something. It's a subspecies of the Summa Verminoth, oh. which is the galaxy's greatest predator. Now, this is a subspecies. The, the Summa Verminoth is the gigantic one of these that lives in the maw outside of Kessel. We actually saw that in Solo. Yeah. Remember that monster? Yeah. Um, so this is a this is a subspecies of that. So similar, but but maybe not quite as deadly. Um, and basically, there the star destroyers are there waiting for him. And then once he goes, it, it's really cool to watch him um, and his pilot skills against all these Tie Fighters here too, because they're out to kill Vader too. Like the Emperor's, uh, it's it's a callback to old school Anakin, and he's even flying Anakin's old starfighter. Yeah. That he had found on Mustafar and, and repaired. And fixed. Yeah. Um, a lot of blending between the two. That was that was really awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, and so the, and all this is on purpose. The Emperor's making him face who he was. Yeah. Um, which, is, which is awesome. So now yeah. he's going to travel through to Exegol. Um, everything kind of falls apart in the Red Storm, but he's able to take this, this creature um, and kind of ride it. You know, yeah. into uh, onto Exegol uh, to go after the Emperor, and this is where issue number ten ends, and issue number eleven, which is our, our main issue of the day, picks up. Yep. So this was this was a little wild here. Um, he's on this giant this giant monster. Um, I don't know what the other two creatures were, but the Emperor sent two creatures out that were just a little bit smaller. Um, but they're still these massive things, and his destroys it. Right, yeah. Um, it, pretty, the emperor, bit, yeah, like uses the force actually to wrap up. It's crazy. Well, yeah. no, no, the emperor. I meant the. I meant well. The first one when the monster killed the other two monsters. Oh uh, um, yeah. So yeah, the giant you're right. like it, I don't know. They look like giant aliens. Vader's guy is dominating these other creatures. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then the Emperor does something awesome. Talk to him about what the Emperor does, because this was really cool. Yeah, so Vader seems to feel he's kind of invincible with you know controlling this creature, and the Emperor is just standing there. So we, we see the planet Exegol, which of course was introduced to us as an audience with uh, the movie Rise of Skywalker, and a lot of people have been like, wait a minute, there's, there's a whole planet of Star Destroyers. How does this happen? Good question, questions I had. Um, they're trying to kind of address it here. Sort of. Huh? We'll talk about. I said sort of. We'll talk. We about are, it. I, I, I'm just getting it. This is that planet yes. where, that yeah, we yeah, saw yeah. in Rise of Skywalker, and yeah, the so yeah, Vader has this giant creature, and the Emperor is just standing there, and I love how this is drawn because they draw like you see this huge creature, and there's this little dot, and there's a circle around it. Like the artist is like, that's the Emperor, and it's this tiny little dot. They did that all throughout <laughs> and the circle did, around them. I thought that was interesting too. It took me a while. I was looking at it, going, "Is there some kind of force bubble or something?" Like what? And then now they're like, a, yeah. This is how small they are yeah. <laughs> and compared to what they're facing. Um, but, yeah, he just uses the force and makes this creature basically choke itself to death and then destroys it. Yeah. It is it is crazy because Vader's all like, now I – like he – is this where he straight up says, I, you know, it's time for you to die. I'm challenging you. He says it right or before – was that at the end of 10? Right before the Emperor kills the, the giant beast, Vader says, I am no longer your apprentice. Yeah. Yeah. 
And yeah, he uh, he he makes it choke itself, and then it was really weird. I actually had to go back struggle. and look at it again. <laughs> it took me huh? a minute to realize it was tentacles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when I was tentacles. looking at it, I was like, "Where did you get these giant ropes from?" Like, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, those are um, self." And the sound it makes as it explodes is scrogulk. Reading yep. it, yep. As it and as it and then itself. the emperor so. Vader's like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, let me find the actual battle. I am no longer your apprentice. And then in when he the, says, "I'm the gonna," next thing in episode in issue ten, I think what you're thinking of is when he says, "I will I'm, show I'm the emperor." Right, right, but in issue number ten, the last issue is when he says, um, "I am going to go here, and I will show the, I will show you what it means to fear." He says that to the emperor. Yes, he does, which that is was, awesome. Yeah. And Ochi keeps saying, wait a minute, remember the Emperor said you can't use the Force? And Vader basically is like, you know what? Nope, I am, because this is it. So he says, I, I'm no longer your apprentice. Vader says that right before the Emperor destroys this creature. And then the Emperor says, um, his next line is, you were saying? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we see Vader kneeling, not out of uh, obeisance or anything like that, but like because he's been beaten down, he's kneeling in front of the the emperor at this point, and uh, yeah, um, the emperor walks into that crazy, crazy, creepy temple. Yeah, and this is where I actually get my first of a few questions that are that happen in this book. Um, the first one here is the next thing he says. He says, "Do you see what I've done? Um, the scalpel of creation." has allowed me to yeah. make all this. But he says it right after. What's the line he says about pain right after that? Or right before right that? Before that, he says, the, there, you sense it, don't you? Palpatine talking to Vader. You talk about fear, but even now you forget where it all begins, with pain. And then he um, says, and it's not a continuation of the sentence, but then he says the scalpel of fear, or scalpel of um, creation. creation. So I don't, I couldn't tell if he was talking about pain being the scalpel of creation if the scalpel of creation, because it was all, it was capitalized. I think was, he is. If it was a specific like uh, item, like the the facilities. But they are both. I think they're both kind of bolded in all caps. I, I thought he was talking about pain. We um, also see creatures in tanks. Yes, which he used. You know, pain to fear to anger to hate to to power to to help him create all the things he's created. I think that he's saying pain is the scalpel of creation for him. Um, but yes, it was, it was kind I, of I strange. I do too. too. Yeah. But I, I want to take a second to talk about that because these are the snow clicking things. One of them is screaming. That's creepy to me. Uh, like it, it was my second time looking at the comic that I noticed that it had, there is a the voice bubble over one of these creatures in the tanks and it's just saying, it just says, it's, it's screaming. Yeah, and that's when he makes that comment about the scalpel of creation, as well as things screaming in the well, tank. Screaming, yeah, that's the pain. Yeah, to create them to and, be his his subservience. Yeah, and then these really cool creature things come out. What are those things? Well, they it's remind those. me of something. It's those. Hmm? It's the same things you were just looking at, but with helmets on. It's oh, the creatures you're right. in the they tanks. They break out of the tanks. Yeah, they come right out of the tanks and attack. I don't know where the weapons were inside of the wet tanks, but. Or the helmets or all that stuff. Right. So these are all little Snokes, but not, like, all weak-looking and withered? Because these guys are pretty tough-looking. And I do like that we see Vader um, taking on his role here. He says, these are not Sith. I will not fall. Because um, he's identifying himself as Sith. I am Sith. I am going to be victorious. Um, and he's still under the I'm coming for you, Emperor. But 
you know, send your minions, they can't do anything, is his, is his argument. Um, yeah. So. And Ochi is kind of our narrator. Whoa, I thought there were only two Sith. Um, and can't figure out the Emperor thing. basically says to Vader, you can be replaced by any of these. He says, there are only two, and you could be replaced by any of these. Well, that's after, right, isn't it? That's during. It's right before he engages them as they're looking no, at him. He's, nope, it's these after are not those, Sith. Those are the says, next. But they could be. Should you fall? That's the next group. No, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. He says, "I will never fall." And then he starts to go oh, through them. Oh, but they could him. be okay. The cracker, rumble, scrolling, zat. Okay, I thought it was about the next group when he comes up to them. And now we get the next um, group. Oh, no, he does say it again. Okay, that's why. I was looking at it. Was, well so done, Lord Vader. He takes them down. Weary. And now we have the, uh, we have the, basically what we saw in the stands in, on Exegol, watching the on Emperor do whatever. Yeah. Rise of, yeah. Oh, yeah, on Exegol, in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Um, these, these hooded, um, they seem to be force Masses. users because he says it again. Only two Sith, just as you say, but any one of these might replace you. Um, so he says that to him too about these. And then he goes full force use, which is awesome, and rips away whatever kind of blades they have. I couldn't even tell if they were actually Viber blades or just blades. Um, yeah, it looked almost like they were like white lightsaber daggers. They look like that. I guess they're metal. I, I couldn't tell. But anyway, so he destroys them all. Um yeah, he just takes all, and there's hundreds of these guys, it looks like, or maybe dozens. Um, but yeah, pull, Force pulls the knives out of their hands and then impales them with their own knives, yeah. like all simultaneously. Like, it's an amazing display of Force power. Uh, and the sound effect is shing. Um, shing. So then he goes into the next room, and this is where we get my next big question, because he sees this fleet. He sees the yeah. fleet around Exegol Star of Star Destroyers, and they actually make a statement. I think Ochi says that they have um, – oh, good, 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 good. I didn't read that carefully enough. I have it open right now too. Each will carry a cannon that can destroy a planet. That makes me happier. Yep. So Star Destroyers can be built, um, especially if he's got any Force-sensitive labor. I figure he can build a bunch of Star Destroyers. Um, you know, all these guys that – I mean, Vader just killed them all, but – I was really concerned about well, the skills, fact yeah, that he was in the process of building a new Death Star um, in our regular galaxy, but was creating this fleet with. And they, if they, if this fleet had already existed with the planet killing capabilities, um, yeah, then I was that Second was bothering me. But when I looked at this a little bit closer, each will carry a cannon that can destroy a planet. So those cannons are not designed and built yet. That not makes yet, me feel better because in the next on the next. Well, two pages over, when he goes into that red room, we see how they're going to power those ships. But yeah, yes. you're right. They're not ready yet. Yeah. Um, so there, he sees this is all starting. This is a long-term plan. Um, so the, the idea of it is he's already starting to build this fleet. It's not a huge fleet yet. He's got a bunch of Star Destroyers, but not as many as he's going to have. But these Star Destroyers are in production already. So 32, three years later, when we see them, it makes sense that he's got so many because it's been a long time in creation. Yeah. Um, he basically did the same thing with Star Destroyers that he had done with clones. And, uh, <laughs> um, you know, he found some planet way out nowhere and said, hey, start building me an army. Only now, instead of soldiers, he has actual ships. Yeah. Yeah. Palpatine's getting predictable. It's going to be his downfall. 
It is going to be his downfall. Um, so they're they're they've got a giant giant crystal that they're working on taking pieces from to create. Uh, it's a giant kyber crystal. Um, yeah. There's something really 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 important about this kyber crystal, though. A mountain of kyber, um, and it's red and it's giving off this terrible energy. Ochi can barely stand it, but uh, Vader just walks right in there. Well, the problem is the fact that it is red. So this yeah. this red crystal had to be turned red, yep. um, and the process to be gone through, which we we can only assume the emperor did it himself, um, is is a really really extreme severe process. In the old Vader comics, we saw Vader turn his lightsaber red, and it seemed like it nearly killed him. Um, and the the idea of turning something this massive. Because um, we know that the Kybers are considered living. Um, they say it in this book. They're, they're, they're alive. Yeah. Vader even says, uh, I'm reading right now, and to serve a Sith, the Kyber must suffer. Yeah. Only then will it find its true power. And, yeah. Um, is Ochi killed here? No. Because his helmet flies off and they show, it looks like his eyeballs are smoking and he's screaming. It does look like his eyeballs are smoking and that was kind of weird too. But we see, I, I swear we see, I swear we see his oh, body later. Oh, he, he's, in the very last scene, he's, yeah, he's he's blind. Okay. They show yeah. him, but he's blind. Yep, that okay. makes sense. Um, so then we just start to understand, and even the fact, and this is probably, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, this is probably a big part of how the story ends. This kyber crystal, all of this power that the Emperor has been able to convert and control, after Vader went through taking a small Jedi's lightsaber crystal and converting it to red and all of the, the torment and pain that it put him through, um, the fact that the Emperor could do this, had that much power, I think is what helped get to he, he's his, reaching. his going Sorry. back to, to allowing the Emperor to be his master or... or you know, giving in. Oh, yeah. He's reaching Darth Nihil-level power here, which is, you know, Nihil in Legends is like the guy who was able to destroy an entire planet, a yeah. Sith. Uh, um, he's, he might be, with these comic books and all that, he might be the most powerful Sith in all of history. Yep. Because, yeah, he converted an entire mountain of Kyber. Yeah, so, it's awesome. Good job. Good on you, Palpy. Good yep. job, Chief. Yep. I wrote at the end right now, Emperor, the Emperor is dark power. I mean, he just is. And I had that written in my personal notes, too. Like, and that's what you were saying. That's that's what we get out of this. So really, really good, fun stuff. Um, and that wraps us up. Now, we've got some cool stuff coming in Star Wars comic books. We are getting ready to start the War of the Bounty Hunters story arcs. Yeah. Um, and the War of the Bounty Hunters doesn't start until... June. Everything else is kind of prelude to that, um, except for the High Republic. So next time on Force Lore Comics, actually what it released yesterday, uh, May 5th, and we'll talk about it next week, May 12th, um, is a one-shot War of the Bounty Hunters Alpha, which is a prelude book, uh, to kind of get us started on whatever's going to be going on. And I, I think it has yeah. to do with um, some Boba Fett stuff um, getting involved. And don't forget, at this point... Um, Boba Fett is still traveling with Han Solo, Frozen, and Carbonite. He has not made the delivery to Jabba yet. So yeah. there might be some some pieces of that that Boba have to do tea. with it. 
Um, and then we get the Star Wars book, etc. The next Darth Vader book um, is 20 Days Away, released. And that one is actually, it says on the cover, I looked at the cover art, and it says Prelude to War of the Bounty Hunter. So it's a, we're out of the End of the Fire um, series, and we're starting into whatever this War of the Bounty Hunters, this big overarching story arc is going to be. Which I'm really excited about, because it looks like a bunch of books are all getting involved in this at the same time. Um, we see this in Marvel, and we see this in DC, and we've seen it a little bit in um, Star Wars, but this looks like it's going to be a really big um, story arc. So it's really exciting there. And uh, our other next time is from our certain point of view, which I've already talked about this Friday. We'll be reviewing and analyzing episode two of Bad Batch. So um, yeah. the upcoming, uh, yeah, the upcoming comic books that we have, um, of course, this week, War of the Bounty Hunters Alpha. And we'll talk about that next week. Next week, we've got two books coming out, Jim. Um, the Star Wars book, issue number 13, and the High Republic book number five. So we're going to have to talk about both of those on, on May 19th. And then we get a Bounty Hunters book. This is before War of the Bounty Hunters. So this is going to be their their prelude book, I guess. Um, I haven't looked into that. It might be closing up. I think we closed up what we were on. I don't know. i got to look at it again. Um, and then, of course, Vader and Afra. All of these books are coming out. So every... Um, book that is currently running is coming out one more time before we start War of the Bounty Hunters. Um, and then June starts War of the Bounty Hunters, I guess, with everyone. So it's going to be it's gonna be awesome, really fun, great, cool stuff. And uh, stuff coming up. We hope that you'll be there to talk to us about it. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Tim. I am Jim. Thank you for listening to Force Lore Comics from our certain yeah. point of view. Goodbye there. Goodbye there.